Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price Tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Before we start this week's episode, going to do a quick sesh of spill the tea. So this week was so crazy with some stuff going on with Southern Charm. So Austin is getting a little feisty on Instagram. He posted a picture with either a friend or a girlfriend and a big balloon of an engagement ring. And the comment that he posted was, Found this balloon in an alleyway outside brunch. Figured it was now or never. And then hashtag all I could afford. Well, a fan commented on his Instagram page that it's only exhausting because you don't do the work necessary to get Chelsea. You are okay to settle for the lowest hanging fruit. Reach to the top of the damn fruit tree to get Chelsea. If it were easy, everyone would be with her. Duh. And he writes back, I need a woman with sex drive. Ouch, why did he have to post that publicly? It was so ridiculous, but that was not the end of the tea Austin was spilling on that one Instagram post. Later, someone said, you know, talking about Victoria, his girlfriend from this season, who was actually friends with Chelsea, said that girl was controlling. He said, y'all don't need know the half of it, hashtag nightmare. When people pressed him for more information, he actually said, after she threw the drink on me, which he mentions in last week's episode, she followed me home and threw a rock through my window and I had to call the cops. That was the third time she's had similar freakouts. I'm in a tell-all mood tonight. Well, Austin, we appreciate you telling all, but think that you could probably keep your lips sealed about your and Chelsea's sex life. Definitely not cool to dish about that, especially when y'all supposed to be such good friends. Anyways, that's it for this week's Spill the Tea. And just a note that there will not be an episode next week, July 4th. Stassi, my dog, and I are actually going on vacation with, you know, other people, but it's our first time flying together. So should be a lot of fun. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. It is a laugh fest all about The Bachelorette. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 25. I am here with Emily Yar and Lisa Bonos from The Washington Post. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, You guys are both repeat guests, but now I get to have you on together. 
Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you guys do recapping of The Bachelorette for The Washington Post, correct? Yes, we do. How's that been going? You know, it's an interesting experience, like, watching and then staying up for another couple hours trying to piece it all together and you could be watching something and think like this is insane but how am I going to write about it so yeah sometimes you're writing at midnight it's like it's a little bit of a mess but it gets (laughs) done I I will say it's been nice um to write it with people because we rehabbed The Bachelor together and we did like the best worst and weirdest moments and sometimes when you're writing by yourself you're like well was that really weird but when you're with someone else you can confirm like that was that was very strange yeah Yeah. (laughs) let's get into this week's episode of the bachelorette so it starts with a one-on-one with colton who used to date tia and also used to date Allie Raisman, the famous gymnast. Yeah. Uh, so Colton is also famously a virgin, right? Okay. He said that. Uh, there's been some speculation about what kind of virgin he is. Uh, he also said last night that he had never, or he'd only been in love once, and that he, like, he takes the word very seriously, and uh, that the last time he was in love... He said it, and the woman didn't say it back, which made me wonder, like, was this Allie? (laughs) So that's what Reality Steve tweeted. He tweeted that it was He was like, no, she, he was like, is he talking about Allie Raisman? Yeah. And, and I think, yes. Yeah. Because the timing matches up. So, so they go on this camel ride. They're in Vegas. They, all of their dates are outside of Vegas, besides one. They're outside in the desert on camels, and then go to a hot tub. If I'm in Vegas, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> I do not want to ride a camel. I thought the camel date was kind of fun. I mean, well, I loved that Becca said, you know, it's time for us to get over the humps of our past relationships. And I was like, hump, ha, ha, the dude's a virgin. So <laughs> I left that out of my recap because we try not to talk about sex too much at the Washington Post. But um, I don't know, if you, you've ridden a camel in Israel, right? Like, it's it's yeah, kind of fun. it's like it's kind scary. of terrifying. Yeah. yeah, and also if I'm in Vegas, I want to be like the I pool. Don't know. Yeah. yeah, like a I don't know a pool party. Uh, you know, seeing Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> the hot tub definitely yeah. seemed like too much. <laughs> and she gets, I mean, like we're in a hot tub in the middle of the desert. Yeah, I saw Britney Spears when I was in Las Vegas, and I, I can confirm that's probably a more fun activity than riding a camel. Was it life changing? It was it kind of life changing. Like yeah. yeah. So, how do you guys feel about Colton? Do you think he is uh, there for the right reasons? I feel like Colton is a can. Can I can I curse? Yeah. He just seems like a star fucker to me, right? Like Allie, Tia. Like, he just wants to, like, be with a famous woman is, like, yeah. the vibe I get off the whole thing. Yeah, like, minus the F part, since apparently <laughs> he's not doing Sure, that. a star <laughs> humper or something. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's the former NFL player, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, they all kind of run together. Yeah, sometimes I have people who are athletes, I have trouble taking them seriously on the show. Um, like Jordan Rogers. Like, I know that he and JoJo are still together, but I'm very surprised by that. I don't know, I just... 
I feel like the athletes, especially former athletes, kind of, I agree, like maybe want to further their name recognition if, if their careers are over at such a young age. Um, but I don't know. I Actually, after last night, compared to a lot of how the guys were acting, like Colton suddenly was at the top of my list. I was like, all right, I kind of like this guy. He seems like a nice guy. He seems genuine. I, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he's like... Not he's not like a jerk. No, no, no. He seems like a sweet guy. I just don't see that. Like I don't see that much depth to him or their relationship. It just yeah. seems like she thinks he's cute. He thinks she's hot. I don't know. I, I, I just. Do you think he might be using the show to further his like cystic fibrosis foundation? I know that sounds ridiculous, but if he doesn't care about being famous himself, is he using it to actually try and? further his NGO. I, I I don't know. You'd have to ask him. But everybody's on there to further their profile in some way, shape, or form, right? Yeah. I think no matter who you are, like, even if you don't have a business of some sort, like, everyone is pushing something and, and know how, knows how valuable um, and broad the Bachelorette audience is. So I wouldn't be surprised. So then the group date. So I find the group dates so much more interesting than the one-on-ones because I'm more interested in the dynamics between the people in the house, uh, the people who are sequestered, as my dad calls it, when he figured out what the show was really about. Your dad watches The Bachelorette. Uh, No, but someone explained the concept to him once, and he was like, so they're in prison. They're they're sequestered. Yeah. And um, because we were told, he was told they couldn't use their cell phones, they couldn't read the news, they couldn't you know, just call whoever they wanted and they only can be with each other. And Prisons like, with booze yeah. and, like, international travel. But, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, he, he was probably thinking, like, jury duty of, like, a major murder trial. You could only talk to those people. Um, so the group date is with Wills, Garrett, Blake, John, who is the Venmo guy, Connor, whose hair rivals Jordan Rogers, <laughs> Leo with the big mane of hair, Lincoln, the uh, abuser of women. Uh, Jason. We only know it's one. Yeah. It's only one oh, woman so far that we abuser know. Abuser of woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Chris, who thinks very highly of himself, uh, we found out tonight. So they go to Wayne Newton's mansion, which... On a scale of, like, one to Tacky, like, one to Mara Largo, like, how how bad was that mansion? Or was uh, it just me? No, I think it was, like, a nine. Okay. Like just- I loved it. Really? <laughs> but my aesthetic is, like, the gaudier the better. So really? So I was really enjoying last night's You episode. really should move to Vegas. I know, the more I talk about it. But, yeah, Wayne Newton was not who I thought they were going to bring out for their Vegas episode. I love the Peacocks. Because the it's peacocks like, were oh yeah, that's my cool. peacock is they my kind spirit of animal. The and yeah. It was, I mean, in his face, like, can we talk about his face? I, I was like, no how much idea. Botox. It's that was it's more than have. Botox. It looked like he had a face transplant. Oh really? His teeth were very white. Yeah, but his face was, was like, I mean, it looked like he couldn't blink. <laughs> Anyways. I was kind of uh, freaked out by that. So he he sings to his wife. Donka Shane. Wait, do it again. <laughs> no, I have almost as bad a voice as the as the men do. Donka Shane, darling, Donka Shane, or something. And, and the guys have to come up with like their own version. So this is the second time that Chris has been on a date where he has to write something, a song, or a song for Becca. 
uh, which is like very triggering to him from his childhood. Because I guess he had, he wrote this letter to his dad, who he like didn't have a relationship with, and like it didn't go over well. So I'm like, why do they keep making this poor guy like write love songs? Yeah, but he also addri- I feel like Chris walked into the whole thing as if, haha, you guys, I've written a song on this show before. I'm basically Wayne Newton. I mean, yeah, come on, he was he was you got to ham it up. That's what they're there for but it was it was pretty funny to watch (laughs) so he actually was by far the best so like they show all the guys and they're not that great but they're kind of cute like it's cute how they're not good they're sweet and and seem really like they're enjoying themselves but Chris was really good he gets the crowd going on their feet and then he assumes that because he did well on this activity that he will then get the group date rose yeah, we know it doesn't work that way, right? Yeah. Like, didn't John, Venmo John won something with the Lumberjack Challenge? And yeah. then the Rose went... Who did the who got the Rose that date? I can't remember. Yeah, but it definitely... It doesn't really matter who wins these things. I mean, they try to make it seem like everyone should try very hard. But, yeah, no, it doesn't really matter. So, he... Oh, and then um, all of the guys talked to Becca, except for Chris. Um, and Blake stood out to me tonight. What do you guys think of Blake? I feel like he kind of is starting to make more of an impression. I kept forgetting about him. The um, first time yeah. I think I podcasted about the season, I called him generic white guy because um, I couldn't remember his name. I like Blake. I do. Yeah. I know. I think he's my favorite. They seem like they actually have a connection and yeah. you know and um, Ashley Spivey has um, done some digging and did, couldn't find anything on oh, him good. oh good wow. so, really um, <laughs> he might be a decent human being yeah. which, you know he doesn't have to register as a sex offender yeah and, you know you know aim high yeah. <laughs> so um, while so Blake is the first I think besides um, Jean-Paul to tell Jean-Paul. Becca what Jean-Paul oh Crap. Am I thinking of like Sean Paul, like the reggaeton singer? Um, so the the first, but the first person to genuinely tell her that he is falling in love with her. So he actually gets the rose as a result of that, and Chris is not so pleased. Chris had a total meltdown. It was so weird to watch. Describe said meltdown. He just, he was enraged that Becca talked to everyone except him, and it seemed like he was maybe going to walk off the show at some point, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she sort, he sort of spiraled from, oh my gosh, I don't get any time to this, this tonight, to she doesn't want me here, what am I doing here, I'm going to leave, and it was kind of like, you know, anytime you're in a relationship and you think it's going well, and then... All of a sudden, you don't hear from the person. You make up all the story in your head about, oh, he's not into me or whatever. And it kind of reminded me of that, but to the extreme. Uh, like in the span of an hour. Yeah. And then, you know, well, I don't know. Can I jump ahead? Yeah. Later on when Becca sort of, I don't know if he told her he was thinking of leaving or somehow she heard from no, everybody someone else. Told someone her. told her. Okay. So she was just like, well, if you were thinking of leaving, you must not like me very much. You know, and once you get into that, Conversation with the other person, I think it's really hard to reel it back in. And he just seemed, he just came unglued out of, uh, out of nothing. And it just looked like he was overreacting. So 
I will probably harp on him later on, but in his defense at this moment, I think anyone could become unglued being sequestered in a mansion with a bunch of other dudes who are going after the same girl and you are being fed lies by producers over and over again. You are, they don't let them sleep much. They don't feed them that much. And then they give them alcohol and then they see what ensues. So I feel like it's a form of torture to be on the show. I would hate it. I would be like, no, I'm going to bed now. Like you don't get to tell me that. So I could see where someone could kind of become unglued. Yeah. And one thing that stuck out to me um, in Bachelor Nation, uh, Amy Kaufman's book, was when she was talking about how psychologically it impacts you to, you know, be in this house. And every single day you're told that the bachelor or bachelorette, it's like they are like the person. So you just get it in your mind that like this is the greatest person who has ever lived because you're living with other people and like your your only goal is to get that person to like you. Sounds a little bit like Jonestown. So. No, sorry. Did I go really dark there? <laughs> <laughs> it's like cultish though to yeah. to be like this is the one person. Yeah. Well, talk about cultish. That's the only thing I can. I, when I, I watched the first episode of The Proposal and I was like, this is a weird cult. This is like love, hunger games, and it is the height of desperation. And I, that, that's what seemed like a cult to me. So The Bachelor's like tame compared to that, right? Are you going to do a proposal episode? No, I, I can't get behind that. Do it's you remember insane. the last time that I was on this podcast? Yes. You basically asked me if I wanted to go on the proposal. Yeah, I did Because know we that didn't was, know what it was. No, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, because uh, our friend, friend of the of the podcast, Parker Schaffel, got invited on, on this dating show um, because he had been interviewed to be on a game show before. And he was like, actually got married since the last time we talked, so no. But I'll pass it on to friends. So he passed it on to me. I'm like, there's no way. Uh, so I was like, I think Lisa could do it. <laughs> When I was watching that first episode, I was like, oh my god, I would not have done well so at this. I didn't this. make the connection until just now that that was the show. Because remember, it was like, go to LA in the spring and for me. this dating show. Yeah. And it sounded like some sort of crazy scheme yeah. like that. Like, get married, you know, or get engaged to somebody immediately. You were almost on the proposal. I mean, look, I wouldn't have been picked. <laughs> I think I so. Well, do you think they think... wouldn't choose a journalist? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know that I would have gone through with the whole thing, like standing up there in a bathing suit and all that crap. Like... Oh, I haven't seen it. I didn't know. Oh, you haven't seen it? Suit. No. It's called a soulmate pageant. That's their term for it. So they have a bathing suit like competition, essentially. Didn't um, Miss America get rid of bathing suits recently? Yeah, but, the, but ABC still has them. Yeah. Oh, the proposal okay. brought them back. ABC <laughs> is a few years behind the times. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> Just maybe 50. So after all of this, they, there is the two-on-one, which is what I would argue is one of the highlights of this episode. So it's Jordan and David. And just to recap for people, Jordan is the male model. He literally is Zoolander <laughs> come to life. And David is the guy that fell off the top bunk in the middle of the night and, like, broke his face. He's also the one that showed up wearing a chicken suit on the first night. Yes. And I think that someone who wore a chicken suit would be funnier than what he showed himself to be in the, like, however many minutes we got to see of airtime of him. But he it disappointed me because he was really funny the first night. And because he was like, Bicaw! Bicaw! <laughs> I, I love was, that. I it was 
great. I'm like, oh, not only are you dressed as a chicken, but you're like clucking with her name. You're like owning this. This is great. And then he just became obsessed with how much Jordan sucked and wasn't there for the right reasons. And there's always one guy. How do producers always find one guy who loses their crap and obsesses over another contestant. And they do it. It happens with the women on The Bachelor, too, right? Yes, but how do they cast knowing that someone's going to do this? It's brilliant because it's inevitably the people that get, like, very caught up in wanting to, like, expose that person, it never goes well for them. Like The the Bachelor or Bachelorette, they don't care. Like, they hate – the tattletales always just get – yeah, it just never works out. Have these people never seen the show before? Like, don't they know, hey, I don't want to be that guy? Yeah. Anyways, so it's a two-on-one in the middle of the desert, (laughs) and all there is is a cabana. They don't have any activities. They just go off in different places in this said desert where you know that they can see each other because it's, like, it's not like there's anything hiding I know, I was I was hoping for, like, a, a decoy hike or something. Like, some sort of activity. Like, pretend you're doing yeah, something. Yeah, So, um, they spend the whole time talking about each other. Particularly David spends his whole time talking about Jordan. And he says that Jordan talks about other women to the guys in the house and says that if he was with Becca, he would be settling which you called in your recap the S word. <laughs> I know. I hope I didn't have to run that one by our editors. And we can't actually swear. But yeah. No, I mean, Jordan called settling the worst thing you could say to a woman about like whoever she was with. And I, I think that's pretty true. So it was like some, some truth out of Jordan. What he yeah, was doing. That's what he said. That's what David said Jordan was doing. That behind her back. He was saying that he he would be settling if, if he ended up with because, her because you know he can get he has four thousand Tinder matches and oh, yeah. he can do much better and like I mean Jordan's whole shtick is like I'm so awesome I'm a model I am beautiful everyone wants to be with me and so this is part of building himself up is talking about how much everybody wants him right which maybe might fly in the real world but uh i don't think so like so maybe <laughs> if you saw like a picture of him you might swipe right like yeah. may- maybe yeah. but i don't think he's particularly attractive i don't think no. he dresses well he dresses like i i mean just like a po- like every- but can't oh. you see a guy like jordan in washington dc actually but substitute the male model thing and be like, I'm a thought leader. Everyone wants to know what I think. Yeah. Or, be like, or, <laughs> if he, or like being 23 years old and be like, so I work on the Hill. I mean, that's essentially what Jordan was doing, right? Yeah, but it just, it was so ridiculous because wouldn't he notice that Becca wasn't eating that up? I mean, she was saying things that could have been taken that way. She's like, I've never met anyone like you. You know, it, it seemed like the epitome of Midwestern night. She's like, you're so funny. I've never met anyone like you. Um, <laughs> you could take that yeah, totally positively. If you are a complete narcissist yeah. and you're like looking. You said, have no self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> Which he does not. They're so on out. this one-on-one. He barely, he doesn't really ask. He, the question wait, he wait, asked wait, her. Wait. You're getting ahead. Sorry. Over. So, So what happens first? Oh. Well, she sits down with 
both of them to kind of air their grievances about each other, which is just her, Becca sitting in the, the first, they're on this bed in the desert, and Becca's just sitting in between these two bickering guys, looking like she would literally rather be anywhere else, and finally she just, like, has enough, and she just turns to David and says, this is, what you say, this is where we need to, we part ways. Yeah, because so David wasted his time with her talking about a different guy. Yeah. Like, at least Jordan talked a little bit about what he wanted with Becca. Yeah, and what he's been through, right? He aired his pain from the oh, past. Yeah. yeah. His mom has, like... Mental illness. Mental illness. And, and, okay. The way his dad cares for her is inspiring in some way. But, you know, did you notice the way he talked? And he's like, now I'm going to tell you about my pain. Like, it was... I mean, didn't say those words, obviously, but he's just like a robot. Like, well, it was almost like he was coached by the producers. Yeah. Like, you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. Open up. What's, yeah. This is this is on your... You know, we interviewed you, and we found out that your mom has mental illness. When are you going to talk about your mom's mental mm-hmm. illness? That's a way of being vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but I he think, didn't do it in a way with... He did it in a way that totally lacked feeling. <laughs> right? Well, because I think he might be a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could sort of see, like, when he said that, Becca did, like, she did have a, like, her expression changed, like, a little more empathy, maybe. So I feel like maybe that could have been, that helped why she kept him around instead of David. But he didn't really ever talk about it again. Not that we saw, so. So then it goes into what you were saying, which is the second part of the night. Well, for, so yeah, she, I love the Jeep ride out of there. Because the look on Jordan's face is just like this shit-eating grin. Like, oh my god, yeah, I won. That's right. This is what was going to happen. You know, it was just so good. <laughs> and I didn't know I shouldn't leave both of them there. That would have been made for great television. Just video of Becca driving away from these two clowns would have been amazing. But instead, Jordan and Becca sit down to dinner. And he asks her a question about herself. He says, what does a typical weekend look like for you? Oh, that's right. She says, like, going, she likes to, what she, what she oh, in bed on Saturdays. Yeah. And, and read. And then on Sundays, she goes to church and then to brunch with her girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, what did he say? He immediately started talking about himself for another, like, uh, two hours. Yeah, his portfolio and how much he goes to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what, because he said his weekends are mostly spent at the gym because that's his priority. He also mentioned his skincare routine, which oh. I, I kind of want to try and see he, if I can get him on the he, podcast to, like, go through his skincare routine. There was that, there's a snippet at the end of him getting a facial, but I didn't know that he talked about his skincare oh, routine. Oh, he's like, he's like, being a model is so much more than just whatever. It's, you have to, like, work on, you know, you have to be super fit and you have to work on, like, you know, your skincare routine and, like, my face, I have to move it. I can probably do, like, hundreds oh, yeah, of difference of expressions. Yes, you yes. know, sometimes I'm like this, and he, like, moved his eyebrow, like, you know, a millimeter, and then sometimes I'm like that, and then I, he moves it back the other millimeter. That was, and she, Becca asked him if modeling was really, like, Zoolander. And he was like, yeah, it's cutthroat. <laughs> like, Zoolander! <laughs> I mean, and the funny part, the funny part of this whole thing is that Chris is the one who looks like a young Ben Stiller. So! Yes! yes. I also think he looks like, and I can't remember the name of the actor, but someone who played a recurring role on Friends. There, This was on Twitter today. Like, Eddie. Oh, yes. Chandler's roommate. He yeah. does. Oh, wow. my God. That might be a better Yeah, I think that's a better doppelganger than yeah. Ben Stiller. So, at the end, 
Becca is like, you know what? I thanks, but no thanks. I can't do this. I gave you a shot. You talked about yourself and your portfolio the entire time, and I'm not interested. And and so she leaves. She breaks up with him, and the night is over. Um, the best part was watching the guys back in the room celebrating his demise. It was as if their team had just won the World Cup. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they always have the, you know, producer come in and ominously, like, drag the suitcase away. And so they did for David, and everyone kind of gasped. And then she came back, and she dragged... Jordan's suitcase away and yeah they just exploded in happiness like they were so excited it's so funny they and, hated him so much and but then he's like I'm so wonderful I have to figure out I wonder what she didn't like about me he said that yeah because he was talking about how great he was and how she's like it's just not there and he was trying to be like well I mean I'm really attractive you know I can talk I can walk I'm fit right <laughs> Yeah. So then we go into the rose ceremony, which I think is the best rose ceremony, um, or sorry, the cocktail party, which I think was the best cocktail party that they've had thus far because it had drama, it had like a really contentious situation that I wasn't sure how it was going to play out. Wills is wearing a suit that looks like it belongs on Michael Cohen. (laughs) 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 pretty funny. So. Chris starts out the evening by talking to Becca. Chris is the one who did the really good Wayne Newton song, whatever, situation, and then never got his one-on-one time with her during the group date. So he pulls her aside and is like, I want to talk to you. And it's like, just so you know, you owe me like 50,000 kisses. Yeah. I don't know how you calibrate the number of kisses one is owed but you should not owe anyone kisses like that's just not something you want she's like shaming her for not spending time with him and like you owe me sexual favors like that's what that sounds like he just i don't yeah and she did not seem impressed by no that. no it's pretty creeped out i think yeah i mean also you gotta understand she's got 12 guys around at this point at that point yeah it was like 10 or 12 you're not getting a ton of time with her so you can't you know, she want, I think she wanted him to, to fight for her yeah. and to pull her aside, and she's not going to be the one to find him. Yeah. Like, that's not how this works. There's one bachelorette. So then he does fight for her and try to pull her aside <laughs> from everybody else, and it just goes really poorly. Yeah. So he's trying to explain himself, but he does a really poor job because she's like, well, I heard from others that you said that you thought you wanted to go home. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and so what's the deal with that? Like, why didn't you come find me? And he's on the defensive, and he does not do a very good job. He's basically talking about, I noticed he used the term, like, I, me, my, mm-hmm. like, over and over again. My feeling, I feel, I think, my experience. And he wasn't ever considering how she felt and the entire conversation. And her body language was just so shut down. Yeah. Like, she Not smiling. It was just kind of like you could tell she was done. Then, like, that conversation doesn't go so well. It ends. And he decides, you know what, I... I messed up. I bet she's going to cut me. I don't want that to happen. I'm going to fight for her. So while she's talking to Wills, who, like, they just sat down, he's like, hey, can I take, get, take you for a minute? And Wills is like, we just sat down. 
He's like, but just just a minute, you know, just I just we just need to finish our conversation. Wills is like, okay, two minutes, and you know, he had his watch mm-hmm. and he was timing. Yeah, those. I work in advocacy. We do a thing called an elevator pitch. If you are in an elevator with someone who you're trying to convince of something, you only have that elevator ride to convince them. So you have to make your point very clear, and you need to know what they are supposed to do after that conversation. He did not get to the point, and it was so annoying. Because I'm like, you have two minutes! You have two minutes! Like, it's not... What, do you think they're going to give you all... like flipping yes. out and say you're really enthusiastic to be there it's obviously stressful as you know becca uh but i'm gonna try to give you some space and then also like just let you know that i'm interested at the same time instead he went on and on and on and then when wills came back after two minutes he just kept pushing and said i just you know i need another another couple minutes and wills said no it's like yeah well he looked shocked as if like oh you're you really gonna do two minutes you're not gonna just do like a proverbial two yeah. minutes mm-hmm. yeah. wills is like that was two minutes wills is reclaiming his time he is he- <laughs> yes, yes. Time is <laughs> taking a page from maxine waters <laughs> he's like i'm reclaiming my time like i really wanted him to even say that because I was waiting for that too (laughs) he was so calm about it too and you know when someone is calling out kind of pomposity or hypocrisy in just a very calm fashion yeah he handled it really well yeah Chris just refused to get up he just and he was like I'm gonna ask you calmly I'm gonna ask you politely politely yeah please stand up it was so shocking to see Chris was it was literally like watching a mother and a child. It's true. You know, like we're leaving now. We're gonna you know, count to three. I'm like, <laughs> yes. It was totally like that. So in the end, uh, and then she, Becca, has to intervene and say, "Chris, I will come find you." And he's still not leaving. She goes, "I don't go back on my word. I will come find you. You can trust me." So he finally leaves, and she gets to like right back into things with Will's, which. She's enjoying it. She's having a good time. And then we get to the rose ceremony. And who does she let go? Venmo John. Venmo John. Do you think she even knows that he created Venmo? Does she know how much money he has in his Venmo account? <laughs> you know, she, I keep thinking about all those people who Venmoed Becca. Thousands of dollars for wine that she donated. I mean... John made that possible. Oh, that's right. He, but I, I bet. That. Do you think he's just that? Oh, I just developed software apps. Because no, he said something about Venmo, didn't he? So I have, I have something to tell you about Venmo, John. I got pitched <laughs> something this evening where a flack. There's some new messaging app or something that Venmo John is hawking <laughs> because when you're not doing Instagram sponsorship for Fit Fab Fun, if you're a software engineer like John, you do you hawk like a new app or something. And so it's some sort of messaging app where you can only you talk to the app. So Venmo John is doing like an ask me anything on this app tonight and she wanted me to be part of it and I was like I can't I would like to but I would be down to talk to Venmo John like directly. If I have to go through the app fine, which I actually think might make for a fun conceit and writing it um that's so so interesting that he's doing that now because i thought they weren't allowed he wants to get kicked off the show yeah but usually it's not till everything's done airing that they're allowed to but it's not instagram so no they used to do well they did conference calls they might still do them i don't know 
I'm no longer on the list. But they had conference calls like when someone got voted off, um, usually the day after. But maybe things have changed. I don't, it's, I'm so confused because Wait, they have some conference people, calls for reporters to do they stories. Used, yeah, they still might. Um, again, I stopped getting these notifications. But yeah, they used to like the day after someone got voted off or eliminated, didn't get the rose, they would have to like go on a conference call with the reporters. Um, but what yeah, kind of stuff would you ask them? I mean, it could be pretty much anything about the episode before. I don't think any of them were like too controversial. Um, maybe they had to change the rules because the show just got crazier. But you can well, ask them anything you want. So I think Ben Mojan goes on Bachelor in Paradise. He does. That was announced oh, okay. today. The that like a sense. sort of preliminary list of who's on Bachelor in Paradise. And who does she keep? Chris, which is very like, shocking because really she seemed yeah. not into it. That seemed like a producer suggestion. But why? I don't know even how much drama he supplies. Yeah. I wonder if since they had their one-on-one, she does feel some sort of, and they talked about like his dad, and I don't know, she feels some sort of connection to him that she's not willing to let go yet. That wasn't evident in like any of their interactions in this episode, though. Like She just seemed totally shut off to him. Yeah, but they also produce like they also make it look that way. Because why would she keep him if she wasn't interested at all? Yeah, I think some they like kind of have to keep around for the drama. But, you're but then right, why like, wouldn't why they would... keep Jordan around longer and have a two on one later in the? Or maybe this is the the episode that they have the two on one. So uh, is it like the same every? It's like episode six we do the two or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, that was a very confusing choice. So what are your that. thoughts on this season in general? Um, I think this season has kind of gotten completely overtaken by everything that's happening outside of the show. So, I I mean, I usually The Bachelorette does not bring the same kind of drama that The Bachelor does, I have found. Um, So I'm always, like, a little bit less interested. But I think in this case, I mean, there's there's a compelling story that, you know, after Becca was, like, completely um, screwed over, like, after how the last season ended, like, I am interested to see what happens. I don't think it's the most compelling cast. And again, like everything that's been happening outside the show, which we can also get into, is sort of overshadowing the storylines. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, same. (laughs) (laughs) So everything with um, Lincoln's um, Mm -hmm. assault and battery, he had that charge before going on the show, but he was convicted. Um, But he pled guilty. Yeah. Yeah. And then with Garrett's Instagram. Yes. Um, I thought it was interesting that Garrett apologized because usually they don't let them issue statements when they mm, are still on the show. That's the thing. That's how I'm, I was wondering when that happened. I was like, well, he must, he must go very far on the show. Otherwise, if it, I assumed it was someone, if she was going to cut, they wouldn't bother. But mm. that kind of made me think that maybe he does very well. I think she's going to choose him. I mean, yeah. she's obsessed oh, with him. She, she does really like him. It's painful to kind of watch. You know, she told him that he reminds her of her dad, who's deceased. I mean, that's pretty much basically telling him. Is it possible that he is a good person who has been raised or spent time around a bunch of people that were transphobic, xenophobic, racist, or made told jokes that he just assumed. It's like, like, I used to work, I won't say where, 10 years ago, and there was a group of guys that had, like, especially on Fridays, like a joke email chain going. And it was so inappropriate 
the kinds of jokes they would tell. And I was like, could I get on the chain? And they're like, no, no women kind of a thing. And it's just, it seems like, and they would laugh at things that like are not, like now you could not get away with that. But it sounds like, I don't want to make excuses for him, but could he be? Because I'm really, I'm hoping that if she ends up with him that he's a really good person. Could he be truly, I don't know, like, can you break him down and build him back up to relearn how to treat people in society? Well, so, I mean, I don't even know that it needs to be that big of a question. I think there's a big difference between liking jokes that are, like, liking things that are offensive on an Instagram page and saying things that are offensive yourself. Like, I, I, am I the only I, one that, I don't yeah, know. No, there like, is a difference, but he did, like, he did like a post that, was about the school shooting in yeah, Florida no. being crisis actor. So, like, yeah. is he a conspiracy theorist? Like, is he is he totally off the deep end? Like, does he think? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I know, and it's just seems very opposite of Becca and her. Yeah, and her brand and, and values. Yeah. I'm actually. I should do an episode on reality TV stars and conspiracy theories because mm-hmm. I really I, th- I think there's something there on la- this past week's Southern Charm Craig um, talks about not wanting to get a flu vaccine one of the other castmates has a baby and won't let anyone come over until they get a flu shot and her husband's a doctor and he was like I'm not getting a flu shot what if I walk backwards the rest of my life what? Apparently, there was a situation <laughs> of some girl getting a flu shot and then could only walk backwards. And he, a like, campus tour guide? And, <laughs> like, brings this up routinely as, like, the reason. I'm like, oh my God, is Craig this, like, guy on Southern Charm who, like, sews and has all these weird hobbies? Is he, like, an anti vaxxer? Like, does he really believe that it's, like, a government conspiracy to get a flu shot? I feel like there's a lot to dig into with. Yeah. With the the reality well, Lincoln, TV stars, Lincoln's a flat earther. Oh right? yes, ex- yes, exactly, exactly. That was the other thing. He, he was like, "Prove to me the the world was round. <laughs> Prove to me, you know, maybe you're right. I don't know. We'll find out." And someone's like, "Well, how could you, how could you sail around the world and like end up in the same spot if it was just flat?" Well, I was listening to uh, Huffington Post has a bachelor podcast called here to make friends and someone oh it's so good i know someone on the episode last week after lincoln said he was a flat earther someone was like well if the earth is flat what's on the bottom (laughs) that was my favorite part uh garrett's instagram page that's what's on the bottom (laughs) well thank you guys so much for being here this was so fun to recap and where can we find you on social media and where can we find your recaps uh, my recaps are on Soloish on the Washington Post, and uh, I'm on Twitter at Lisa Bonos. I'm also at Lisa Bonos on Instagram, and I, I don't like offensive Instagram posts generally. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> um, you can also find me on Twitter at Emily Yar, and when I yeah recap with Lisa, it's always on Soloish. I'm very excited to be covering the finale in a few weeks and. Really curious to see how that plays out live. <laughs> Are you guys ready for Bachelor in Paradise? Uh, uh, I don't recap Bachelor in Paradise because I need a break. But do you watch it? I do watch. 
do watch. I, I watch I, some of it. I literally, I watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette just so I can watch Bachelor in really? Paradise for those like six weeks that it's on. It's, I think it's the greatest thing. <laughs> okay, thank you guys so much for being on. Thank I you. really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining me. Please be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. Whether you're having a not moving off the couch while you watch the game kind of day or a no time between conference calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. Hello, this is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island, and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with Geico? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today.